Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. WI Live Show. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. It is Friday. That means it's the five things we're looking for tomorrow against Rutgers. Uh, I think Penn State, upon looking at some of this information, they should be able to win this game. Uh, going to be a tough one. All the things going on behind the scenes, all of the coaching changes, etc., how that's going to affect the game, is the biggest wild card that we're not getting to here because we have no idea of understanding how Jaywan Sider and Ty Howell and uh, Danny O'Brien and the whole collective of the offense is going to call the game and the tweaks and changes that they're going to make. I've suggested some, but that's not, <laughs> I wouldn't expect to see, you know, massive changes or any of the things that are, are uh, maybe, maybe some of the things that I pointed out are a little too obvious or there's reasons why those things wouldn't be implemented. So anyway, we got five things for mainly the offense, but also we're going to start with the defense, how they can adjust some of the things that have been going on uh, for both sides of the ball to get a decisive win against Rutgers. Um, before we get started, first off, please like the video, subscribe, and share with your friends here for the Friday show. Uh, but the first thing is next week, holiday week, want to give you the rundown of how things are going to go. And basically, it's going to be the same, except that on Thanksgiving, we weren't, we won't have a live show. I assume you should be you should be with your family. You should be with your loved ones arguing about something instead of sitting here talking to me. So uh, Tuesday, we'll have our regular live show. We'll have uh, the Wednesday show, the Keystone uh, kickoff show here on Wednesday. And then, of course, Friday, the Black Friday game, uh, we will have all of that stuff the same as we would. So the tailgate show is going to be the same time. The post-game show is going to be the same time. All that's going to take care of itself uh, next week. So that's all. We're going to have extra shows on Friday, but we won't have a live show in the morning on Friday. So just to give you a heads up of what's coming up next week. But right now, we got to get to our five things to watch for. Penn State versus Rutgers, starting with number one. Just, just kidding. Number five. Number five. So the first thing is we've got to address Penn State's third down defense, especially against the run. This last week was a big thing, but has been a thing for a while now. Some of the time this year, I have uh, dismissed it early in the season. You got Luke Altmeyer running for lots of extra yards on third down. Didn't result in a lot of first downs initially but teams said this is this is now a thing that Penn State's third down defense 
when we're talking specifically third and six or more, so obvious passing situations, when the Prowler package comes onto the field, a non-traditional down to run. It's trendy now to run in this situation because teams are doing a lot of stuff to pa to, to prevent passing plays and kind of the middle of the field is open. Linebackers are either mugging the A-gap or they're out, you know, covering receivers in five wide sets. Basically, if you gamble and try to run the ball in these situations, you might get an explosive play. And Penn State uh, hasn't been great in this situation. But uh, it is, it's something that teams, especially in the Big Ten, have figured out. And, and here are the numbers. In these third and long situations, third and six plus, Penn State has faced 21 rushing attempts. That is the most in the Big Ten. So it's not just QB scrambles. It's also running plays by running backs, designed runs by the quarterback like we saw last week with uh, J.J. McCarthy. So Penn State is facing the most of this of any Big Ten team. But let's talk about the results of the plays and the gamble because this is very much a gamble by Manny Diaz to have three defensive ends on the field and a three-down lineman package and no defensive tackles. But the gamble is also that most teams are going to throw in most of these situations. So Penn State has been highly productive in the Prowler package. They have an exceptional number of sacks, pressures, interceptions, forced fumbles, tackles for a loss. All of the chaos that they get you in for the Penn State defense comes in these third and long situations. So there is a bit of risk reward here, even outside of, you know, the passing plays of playing tough man coverage, press coverage, you know, kind of gambling with you, with your coverage schemes. This is also a gamble. And for the most part, if you look at not just number of conversions and number of attempts faced, but percentage wise, Penn State is a little bit high but they are well within the realm and well within the uh, parameters of other Big Ten teams in terms of the percentages they give up on uh, first uh, on on uh, fourth on third down. Excuse me, first downs on third down. I was reading the the word first down and I got all confused. In third down situations, they give up roughly the same as other teams in the Big Ten of conversions into another first down. So. They are facing more, they're giving up more, but the percentage is roughly the same. So then it becomes a question of what is the value of what you're getting out of it? And I think this is where number five is actually just keep doing what you're doing, but do it better. Penn State does absolutely have some of the worst third down conversions of all the Big Ten teams. They are not performing well when teams decide to run at them. But the overall, uh, I guess, gamble and percentages and metrics all kind of work out in Penn State's favor for how productive they are against the pass in these situations. So that's really where we're starting off of something that came up last week that I know Penn State fans are, have been upset about all year long, and it is kind of baked in here. Um, we took a look at these things in T. Frank's film room, and there's two parts of this. B in your gap is the number one thing. There, there's, no, there's no excuse. You got to be in your gap. But the second thing is you are putting corners, 190-pound football players, in a position where they might be they might have to defeat a block from an offensive lineman or a tight end. And that, to me, is really uh, the gamble here. It's not necessarily that you are going with a light box, that you're going with three defensive, uh, defensive ends. It's more that you are putting Daquan Hardy and Johnny Dixon in a position that they've got to hold up in those situations. So that's kind of 
setting the stage. QB contain, by the way. So if we're if we're going to break it down even further, from uh, just all third down runs. QB contain is the worst part of this. They have to do a better job, and that does come down to the defensive ends, the pass rush, and making sure you're in your rushing lanes um, because it's a highly aggressive defense. You you can't be out of position because then giant seams open, and we've seen that from the beginning game this year, and it's one area where they haven't necessarily improved, so I don't know that it will, but that is one thing against Gavin uh, Wimsett that you're going to see this weekend. He's a running quarterback. He likes to scramble. He likes to. He's not necessarily a dynamic runner, but he is a runner that uh, can break the pocket and run. So be on the lookout for scrambles from the quarterback and third down runs from Rutgers, who wants to run on every single down. Okay, let's get to number four. Number four. So the number four thing here uh, is we're going to stay on the defensive side. We're going to look at another area the Penn State has struggled with and in an area where they've been good in the run. They have been, I think, from a technical aspect, very gap sound for a college team. Like, they are not the best team in, in, in college football in defending the run. They are not, like, NFL level in their ability to stop the run, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But... Given the parameters, they are one of the best in college football. Given the fact that these are, you know, college and, and we have to have a certain level of expectation here, they've been good. And uh, that's going to be very important this weekend. But when they do get their hands on the ball carrier, Kyle Manungai is one of those dudes. We've, he's somebody that you have to be aware of. And he has made teams pay this year for not having good tackling fundamentals and that is something we've seen from Penn State that their tackling fundamentals can get a little bit loose at times he has broken 56 tackles which is tied for seventh in the country normally I like to keep things with the Big Ten comparative you know a lot of teams that play similarly in your similar competition etc but doesn't matter you could put him against any running back in the country he has broken 56 tackles he's not highly explosive but he's explosive enough to make you pay for it he's been efficient he has gotten yards after contact these aren't meaningless broken tackles either he is a guy that's going to churn up some yardage and he doesn't make mistakes no fumbles so far this season so gap responsibility is good this is a good Rutgers offensive line I think they're physical they like to run block but Penn State in the middle should have an advantage like they should have an advantage up front they have been getting better and better Abdul Carter I think it's turning the corner. They figured out how to use him against the run specifically to unlock his talents. They should have the advantage in the run game to create negative plays and tackles for loss and get him in those third and long situations, see if they can run for a first down on third and 10. But if they let Kyle Manungai into the second level, and it will happen sometimes because you can't be perfect, the linebackers have to tackle. The corners, the safeties, everyone has to take good angles and they have to wrap and secure. James Franklin talked about tackling too high a little bit uh, this year, that they need to clean that up. That's something where if you're tackling, tackling Kyle Manungai high, he's going to run straight through your face. Uh, this is the BWI Live Show. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. You are my co-host, just like on the BWI Live post-game show. So if you want to get your questions and thoughts into the show, I'll try to respond to some of them through while we're going through the rest of the five things. Everything else is going to be offensive-oriented. We're going to take a long look at the offense and how those things can improve. But I want to get your questions and thoughts as well. The last uh, opportunity for us to have a conversation until the game, essentially. So that's the rest of the show, is you and me ha hanging out and talking. But right now... I need to take a sip from my uh, unbelievably delicious product placement. 
I'm sorry. Did I say product placement? I meant uh, my my bird dog's flask. I could never be a hand model because I can never get this square. I can never get this to just work when I want it to. I'm always dyslexic about which way I'm supposed to turn it. Anyway, we're talking about bird dogs. If you haven't noticed, I'm wearing my bird dog shirt. I love this shirt. I wear it all the time. It's been weirdly warm. Yesterday, I was walking around outside in my bird dog shorts, raking the leaves. It is the 17th of November. Thanksgiving's on the way, and we're having like 55-degree weather. So if you want to go outside and you uh, want to you know, rake the leaves or just get a tan because it's November. Why wouldn't you do that uh, in central Pennsylvania? Go to birddogs.com, use the promo code BWI, birddogs.com backslash BWI uh, to get a free hydro flask style water bottle with your purchase. Bird dogs are awesome. They are um, a mesh knit style short that is tapered and makes you look sculpted, makes your butt look good, makes your legs look good, and they fit so comfortably. I love the I, the problem is I wear them too much that I'm wearing them when I shouldn't be like when I'm doing yard work I should be wearing pants I don't want to wear pants now I've got the joggers but I don't want to get them dirty and I wear them all the time everywhere at any moment that I can so use promo code BWI at birddogs.com to get uh, your free hydro flask style water bottle with your purchase of your bird dogs and like I said it's 70 degrees in happy valley all the way into november so you know while existentially that freaks me out um it's nice to wear shorts when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Number three. Julius Seizure is now just catching on to the fact that I am not afraid to display the chest hair. T. Frank showing off chest hair like he's a soldier in the Atlantic City mob. For those of you watching listening on the podcast that can't see, like, this is a daily occurrence. This is nothing new. Uh, but yes, the the... That is a part of the T Frank uh, experience. Is like I, I men have chest hair. I'm okay with it. I hope you're okay with it too. Um, I don't think it's like it's not Austin Powers level. It's it's a good. I feel like I've got a good level where it's like there, it's present, and then you know that's about it. Um, Andrew Berger, why do you have a very good offensive line, a great running back, and have a poor running game? So. Andrew, this is actually something I wanted to talk about in this video is I don't think that the running game is poor. I really don't think that the the running game has been bad this year. Uh, there have been times it's been frustrating. It got off to a slow start, but Catron Allen's been good this year. The running backs have been good. The offensive line is hot and cold in terms of they're great, and then they make 
mistakes that you wouldn't think they would make given their talent level and what you've seen from them on film. So some of the guys, it's not across the board that they're all elite athletes. There are guys that have different strengths and weaknesses that are playing. JB Nelson and Hunter Norzad specifically, when they work well together, it is like devastating for the defensive line. It is an elite combo. But both of them have shown that they're highly inconsistent for different reasons. Hunter Norzad has a hard time. Sometimes he lunges at players and he just falls over. JB Nelson plays with too high of a base at times. He doesn't finish his blocks. He tends to stand up through his blocks. That was a little exaggerated. Sorry. I just want also wanted to show off the bird dog shirt again. Um, so the higher, the, the longer the rep goes, the higher his pad level gets, and then he loses blocks. Olu has gotten more consistent and I think more efficient as a run blocker, but when you piece all of this together and the right side of the offensive line is strong, but they're not as athletic, you've got a good balance, but you don't necessarily have the consistency to uh, down in and down out rely on them solely. It's also about when they're running and how they're running, and that's going to come up a little bit later. But right now, I do want to talk about the passing game, and Penn State needs a new path forward. This is where the, the plan has to change. This week, you fired Mike Yersich because, you know, all of the things with the offense weren't working, but specifically, the passing game could not find rhythm. And they're going to face the exact same problem again this week because Rutgers runs the style and the systems that have caused them problems all year long. They, they run their cover four, which co quarters or cover four is becoming this vogue defense to kind of have limit explosive plays in the passing game and also have an ability, as James Franklin talked about earlier this year, to still have a hat in the run game. So you kind of, it's the best of both worlds if you can't dismantle it from the interior and from the inside out. So Penn State is going to see cover one. I would imagine Rutgers is going to play some off coverage and they're also going to play their their four match which means that the four deep defenders if you count from the outside in one two three that's how defensive coverage systems work so the outside corners have number one the inside players have number two etc and what they do is you, you you are responsible for the guy that you're on top of if that guy goes beyond 10 yards you know into the into the secondary so that causes some problems for Penn State's tight ends because you're running downfield into the man coverage, essentially, into the overtop coverage. And they have not been able to find the seam to break open the play. Now, it can create some explosive plays because you can manipulate this coverage pretty easily um, if you have the time <laughs> and the receivers to get open deep. And this is, this is kind of the whole thing. That's what Mike Yersich was trying to do a lot of the season was to move the coverage and attack with the receivers, but nothing was consistent with the passing game. So they need to find a new way. Like, you know, the deep overs and the crossing routes, and that's not happening this year because Penn State's going to run into the same buzzsaw, which means everyone's attacking downhill and taking the outside throws and the soft coverages. They're hedging against those things. Everyone knows that Drew is going to throw to the sideline, whether it's a hitch route, a comeback route, an out route, something that's safe and outside. So Penn State needs to find a, a new way forward. And to me, this means using the middle of the field, attacking. If you've got four players deep, you don't have as many coverage players in underneath coverage. Now, we'll get to something a little bit later about the Rutgers linebackers, but I think spreading out to throw the football and spreading out to run is going to be how Penn State gets the best out of this particular game. 
Um, I, I think that that's you're not getting uh, you're not getting a lot of explosive plays until you force them to do something differently. And that's been the biggest thing. Is Penn State hasn't been able to consistently threaten the underneath coverages to get those explosive plays. And then you have Julius taking shots over at uh, Drew Aller at check down Charlie. Um, <laughs> Peach Wine Guy says, working from home, not wanting to wear pants can make an awkward situation, T. Frank. Every time that the camera is on, I have I, I'm wearing pants or shorts right now. So that is that is a hundred percent of the time I'm not sitting here in my underwear. When the camera isn't off, that's none of your business. <laughs> uh, Stephen Light says I was affecting a live stream of T Frank's Thanksgiving. No, 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 definitely not. And uh, for no other reason than my in-laws are going to be here, and I don't, you know, I don't want to put them. I don't want to put them in my fishbowl. That's not their job. Uh, good morning, Carrie. Hope you're having a great day so far. Appreciate everyone being here. Like I said, if you've got questions, you've got comments, you've got something you want to talk about in the in the show today, we'll get to all of that, um, specifically the end. But anytime you want to talk about anything here on the show, any questions or things that you're thinking about with Rutgers, you know, let me know. Uh, but that's where I think where we look at the passing game, this is the major area things need to change because I disagree that the running game has been bad this year. The whole offense has been inconsistent, but the, the running game has been good. It hasn't been explosive, and we've covered that ad nauseum, and there's a bunch of different reasons for that, but it has been the more efficient part of the team, even when it's been not as efficient. So let's get to number two, fixing the, the passing game and giving some balance to the offense to open things up for those running backs. So maybe before the end of the season, you get your 70-yard touchdown, you feel better, or you just feel bitter. I, 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 it's it's going to be one of the Bs, bitter or better. Um, but I think Penn State fans, and this is the problem, talking to the internet, not, not necessarily you guys here in the show, but like just generally reading the internet, I don't suggest it for most people. Like I've reached the point in the season where um, the level of toxicity has gotten the point I need an antidote, which is, for me, <laughs> just going outside. Um, it's pretty bitter out there, guys. Number two. So situational passing has been a problem for me. And we're going to wrap a couple of things that I've talked about uh, so far this week and, and some of the things I talked about last week against Michigan. Last week against Michigan is really informing a lot of these problems because it was so in your face that the opposing offense wasn't really doing anything to force a change in the game script other than they were bleeding the clock. And Penn State was getting general success but wasn't able to actually mount a comeback in the second half so a lot of these issues became highly visible um, and that comes down to situational passing so here's one stat that I, that I brought up last week and I'll give you the raw numbers here against Michigan 33 dropbacks for Drew Aller seven attempts were on first down he had more attempts on third and fourth down than he did on first down and part of that is what Michigan was doing, but this leads to a general conversation about the way Mike Yersich attacked defenses, even going back to before there were problems in the passing game, when things were fine, you know, when they had a problem running the football early in 2021, he was a run on first down guy. He was also a run on the first play of every drive guy as well. And then he would get hyper aggressive later in the game, start throwing the football a lot. So 
just balance and, and a intentional methodical approach to get the quarterback into a rhythm. And this is, I, I, the problem with being on here all the time is I, I tend to repeat myself, but here's my opinion. This is just my main takeaway this week. If you've got a quarterback and you have him throw on third down, if he completes the ball, you, you reset the downs. If he doesn't, you punt. Or you have to go for it on fourth down. If he throws it, you see what I'm saying? Like, it is a high-risk, uh, I-gotta-be-perfect situation. Even on second down, if you don't complete the ball, now it's second and long, for example. Throwing on first down, from a quarterback mentality standpoint, if you've got a quarterback who's, like, frustrated about being perfect, and he makes a mistake and, and throws an incompletion, or the, the play doesn't work out, it's like, ah, we'll get him next time. We have two more downs. It's just less pressure. Um, and in this situation, I think that some of the things they can do to help him will attack certain coverages. And this is another area where Penn State has been kind of, this is our offense, these are our concepts, we're attacking these things, instead of, hey, let's put the quarterback and the players in a position to succeed. And this is these two things to end the show are kind of, this is how it always, it always works together. So... This, I think, is very illuminating about what Rutgers is. In their zone coverages, their, their linebackers are very good. You can see they're smart, they're aware, they attack the football. These are their passer rating when targeted from PFF in zone coverage versus man coverage. Um, they're very good in zone coverage in the 80s, 60s, and 50s for passer rating. Uh, they're almost all north of 100 when you put them in man-to-man -man situations. Now, they decide... Now, let's be clear. The defense decides what coverage it's going to run. But if you're an offense that is using formation and personnel to dictate, okay, we can't run a zone because if we run a zone, this is wide open and they're going to take it. So putting pressure on the underneath coverages to force uh, Rutgers to make a decision that we have to play cover one. We have to play man coverage. We have to, put, we have to risk it and put our linebackers in a position to fail because athletically the secondary is a problem even from a position of Penn State doesn't match up schematically and and Rutgers can do all the things that has frustrated Penn State Rutgers has good corners they have good safeties they're well coached they don't make a lot of mistakes so dear God please no more trick plays don't try to trick a good defense into busting a coverage because they aren't going to do it or they're going to do it very rarely that you can't really count on it so to me, like it is about, not to sound like an offensive coordinator and an old school defensive coach, but you've got to run the football effectively to force them to drop a safety into the box, essentially, and then play guys in positions they're uncomfortable. And generally, this is the part where personally, you know, I think somebody made a joke here about me being the offensive coordinator. Like, I've, mm mm. Uh, fund a GoFundMe page to get T. Frank a pointer to a chalkboard. He'll be the new offensive coordinator. No, 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 no. I, I, I don't have the intelligence and experience and knowledge to actually force Rutgers to play cover one. I just know how to get there. I just know that, oh, I, should, I should say, I just know you need to get there. You just need to get to a situation where their linebackers are in man coverage against your tight ends and running backs. And... Penn State, you can't rely on these receivers. And that's been the whole problem all years. They've been trying to work with that and around it. And 
I guess part of me is saying abandon it. Abandon ship. Throw to them the minimal amount of times possible effectively to get them, maybe get them in a rhythm so it works, but for the most part, force feed the tight ends and change your scheme to uh, to get you in a situation where you can take advantage of the tight ends. Uh, Frack the Hunter said, please wear pants tomorrow, T. Frank. Going to be my first game since 2005. Wow, that's exciting. It's always exciting when you've gone a long time and haven't done something. I 100% wear pants in public. Like, let's be clear. I work at home, but when I go into public, I I uh, I absolutely wear pants. Um, I'm not. I've never been one of those people that likes to wear shorts when it's cold. There is a significant portion of men from the Northeast who refuse to change and always wear shorts and a hoodie. I've never been that guy. I always want to look sharp, so I'll be wearing my nicest pants. Not even just pants, my nicest pants. Also, it's going to be cold. It's 9 a.m. if you come out to the to the tailgate show uh, with me and Aeneas. So this this is the whole sub. This whole show, the subplot has been what's T Frank's pants situation, which I I, I guess I invited, but I did not see that coming. Uh, so passing situations help out the quarterback. Throw early in early downs. Throw to the players that you trust the most. Find a good scheme to get them open against zone coverage and then force uh, the team to run man that you're facing and force them to play in a situation that's going to cause them to struggle. But here's, here is the problem, and I, and I should roll back and say, like, it's not even easy in this situation because Penn State's tight ends haven't necessarily been getting painfully open against man coverage. They haven't been dominating to the point that you you have to do something different against them. Uh, Tyler Warren has been good at getting open against man coverage, so highlight him. Theo Johnson has given him more opportunities, I, I guess, give him more simple routes to run. So, you know, you're not asking him to cut and change directions and get open with the speed and, and hip agility that you think you get from past Pense tight ends, like, uh, like Pat Fryermuth, right? Um, so these, even these situations with the Penn State, the personnel, it doesn't fully fit. And that's been one of the biggest things this year is that even in the good players, the, the situation doesn't necessarily fit. Think about last year and you, you had Parker Washington who could get open against any coverage for the most part. You know, they struggled sometimes in press man coverage, but against zones and, and other situations he could eat, right? Penn State doesn't have somebody who gets open against zones and that allowed, uh, Theo Johnson to become a vertical passing threat because he didn't he didn't have to be the other things. So this year, like they just don't have the pieces to fit all around the good players to accentuate all their strengths. So it is a situation where Mike Yersich was not in a great position to to succeed, given the mismatch of what they had uh, and the, and the players that needed to step up that didn't. So all of that in context, let's get to the number one thing that I think can help Penn State this week that I've been hoping they would do a lot during this year. Number one. So the number one thing that I think Penn State needs to do is spread to run in the situation. What I've been describing to you is that uh, Rutgers is a good defense. So they are technically sound in terms of being in their gap, knowing what to do, not making big mistakes from a mental perspective. But in the front seven, you can beat these guys, especially on uh, the offensive line. Given all the frustrations 
even then, Penn State should have the ability to open up some big holes for the running game. But when we talk about going all the way back to this uh, Rutgers defense and the way they play quarters, if you've got both your tight ends in the box, tight, safeties start to walk down. They're closer to the line of scrimmage. That's their that's their thing. They follow the inside receivers. Penn State's going to run 12 personnel. So if you've got two tight ends in the box, you then have two safeties near the box. So in all of these situations, spread out the underneath coverage. If they're going to play quarters, attack the underneath coverage. And it's, you know, whether it's screens with the tight ends, blocking, not catching, or it's, you know, passes into the flat, the catch and run. Like, there are certain things that... This defense is taking over the NFL and college because it frustrates explosive passing attacks. And that's where most offenses want to go, get explosive plays. It forces you to dink and dunk, and it forces you to be perfect. So if you don't have the personnel to shred this coverage system with your passing concepts, and Penn State does not this year, they have to do that methodical thing. But find a way to get the hand, the ball in the hands of your better players. Uh, and that's been, I think, Penn State fans have been talking about that all year. I've been beaten to the point that I'm agreeing now. Throws to the running backs are fine. I, I'm, I'm going to just slump over here and my slowly shrink. Yeah, just throw the running backs. You know, swing passes, you know, uh, comeback routes, whatever you want to. Uh, get them in a situation where they're one-on-one or in space to make plays because the other players aren't necessarily making those plays. Um, Peter says, spread to run. They haven't been doing that all year. Making that change would be huge. Hopefully, for for you, Peter, and for the, uh, for the Penn State offense, it does place more pressure on the offensive line to get their blocks because you don't have... And this is the thing is, like, I, I don't think it... I don't think it even changes. You know what? I don't think it even changes because you are introducing more um, chaos into the situation when you bring more tight ends in, into the box. Now, it doesn't allow you to do certain things. You can't run certain schemes. Like, you can't run counter. Um, if you have inside zone, you can't run a split play where you're blocking the backside defensive end. It limits some of your options, making your running plays a little more obvious. But in this situation, I'm saying Penn State's offensive line is better, so just go be better and uh, and and create space for Catron Allen specifically to make players miss because you reduce the amount of space for your running backs when you do that. And if you spread to run, there is an opportunity for Nick Singleton to get a seam and to go bye-bye up the middle of the field or wherever. I think that's something that Penn State can try to do in this game. Um that would be my the number one thing that I would try to do and, and run at certain players, run at certain positions. So try to target players that aren't good. You know, Aaron Aaron Lewis, I think, is the defensive end who's uh, the best player on the D line. Maybe don't run at him, but uh, get your get your players in situations to beat players that you know aren't as good as as your as the guys that you have up front. So that's what I got. You have any questions? You have any things you want to talk about? Um, so after we win big at Rutgers, do we hitch? Better yet, do we hope on Drew's stars? Uh, I, th- I think you need to just give it some time. 
Uh, given everything we just talked about, all of the problems that they've had on offense, even the best quarterbacks are not going to uh, give you exactly what you're looking for in bad situations. Um, let's see what else we got here in the chat. Uh, I think that's it from what you guys have. That's what I got. Don't want to drag it out any longer than we need to. I think we got a clear plan of attack. So let's review what, uh, what the five things are. First off, third down rushing from Penn State. It is, um, it is what it is. It's a risk you're taking. Be better at controlling your gaps, but you get so many good things out of this that you're, you don't want to change fundamentally what you're doing. And by the way, I'm going to write about this at bluewhiteillustrated.com this week, so make sure you check that out. QB contain is the issue. Be better there. Um, make sure you tackle Kyle Manungai, and then the offense for Rutgers is over. That's it. We're going to take a quick pause in our review. I should have mentioned this way earlier in the show, uh, but remember, like I said, I'm going to write about this stuff and give you some of this stuff in more detail over at bluewhiteillustrated.com today. And you can sign up, if you haven't yet, to get two months for just $1. That is the best deal you can get at Blue White Illustrated right now. PSU1. Use promo code PSU1. That's our YouTube special. This is specifically for you guys. You get two months for a dollar. Sign up right now, and you can get all of the recruiting information as we get into the early signing period through Christmas and beyond. You get all of my breakdowns and bowl game implications. I'll give you the skinny on whoever they face, what they're good at, what they're bad at, all that stuff. PSU1 to get two months for $1 at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Let's go and talk about a new path forward for the passing game. As much as you don't want to hear it, short controlled passes, but throw them earlier in the game. That sets you up to get explosive plays later. You actually have to do some work, not just in the running game, but also in the passing game to force defenses to change their approach. If you have success throwing underneath, you can open up passing uh, things later, whether it's through similar concepts that then have a double move, or if it's simply you pull everyone down into underneath coverage and then throw over top. It's not just the running game that can force that. So use some controlled passing and balance the field better so you're attacking the middle because there are certain weaknesses in cover four and one of them is trying to attack uh, the soft spots in the underneath coverage where there's only three defenders. Uh, use the tight ends more efficiently, I think. Early down passing, talked about that. Attack the linebackers in coverage because they are the weakness of the secondary if you can get them in bad situations and then spread to run to force all of these less desirable Rutgers athletes into a situation where they have to defend space and be blocked. And I think that's going to be something if you can if you can spread things out and attack that way, then you can open up some seams in the defense. But if you pack everything in and you allow less athletic players to play in a smaller space, both in the pass and the run, you are giving the advantage to Rutgers. And I think that's been something that Penn State has done a lot this year that was a little bit disadvantageous to them uh, against teams that I think they could handle. Some of them, no. Like, you know, you, you spread to run, Condensed to run, Ohio State had an advantage in the middle, and it was definitely not what was uh, uh, what was good for Penn State in that game. So that'll do it for me. Hope you have a great weekend. Hope you have a great holiday coming up next week. We will talk again, but I just want to, in advance, wish you a happy Thanksgiving and happy holiday season. I'm T. Frank. This is the BWI Live Show. We're coming back to you 9 a.m. tomorrow with uh, the Penn State Football Tailgate Show here on the Blue White Illustrated YouTube channel. Talk to you then.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.